Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. Join us this week as we crash through superheroes, AI, and blackjack. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. It's a busy week of new releases. Lots of stuff came out, but uh, we're going to focus on the most notable of the uh, the new releases. A surprisingly super week. It's amazing how much super action is going on. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'll start in the usual place of Apple news. And we're getting to the point that WWDC is on June 5th. So we're just three weeks away. And that means rumors are going to ramp up to that date. And WWDC is mainly Apple's software event. You'll see iOS 11, OS X 10.13, and a new version of watchOS and tvOS probably. So there are actually rumors developing that Apple's actually going to have some hardware for this event. And the first one is new MacBook, MacBook Pro, and possibly MacBook Air. It's mainly just a processor update with Intel's chips ready, next generation chips, because the new MacBook Pros launched last October. So here we are, June. That's not that big of a thing. But we'll see what we actually get on WWDC Day. Now, have the MacBooks already dropped in price? Are they back to like a reasonable price? I haven't looked recently. Like when they first came out, the new ones were like insanely priced. Same price. I'm wondering if, okay, so I'm wondering if this is also going to be where they drop those prices back to actually reasonable costs. That seventeen ninety nine entry level isn't reasonable. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's it's a little ridiculous. You're paying for that touch bar that it's questionable how much people are actually using it. I haven't heard that much about it since the initial launch where people were kind of excited about it, but then when they saw the price, not as much excited about it. So uh, it'll be interesting because there were, there were rumors, a lot of rumors that within the year we would see those prices drop down. And so I'm guessing that this is probably the perfect time for them to announce big price drops and whatever else new hardware they plan to show at this this event and that could possibly be that 10.5 inch ipad that was rumored for march it didn't happen we got a really silent ipad update so maybe now's the time for that 10.5 inch ipad to make an appearance and then maybe it launches in the fall but yeah and then there's the other rumors of is that seven inch getting completely mini ipad mini is that getting completely abandoned and end of life with these new sizes coming or there was another rumor where they were saying there might be a pro version of the seven inch ipad that will have the smart connector and everything so it should be an interesting event i and, uh, with the amount of stuff they're covering we were just talking right before we started and who knows how long this is going to be this this uh presentation with everything that's now rumored to be in here yeah, so Apple still has to set some time for their four different operating systems. And then they also now have to talk about new MacBooks and new iPads. And there's also the rumor that Amazon Prime is coming to the Apple TV as an official app. So you don't have to use that AirPlay that's super finicky and disconnects after like a minute. It'll actually be a standalone app on the Apple TV. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> but... We're three weeks away, and we'll know for sure then, and I'm sure there's going to be more rumors between now and then. 
Yeah, yeah, and there's always tons of rumors, and we won't. This is like maybe the one event where Apple is actually pretty good about keeping things close to the vest before beforehand. It, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of surprises we actually do get. Yeah, right now I don't know much about what's going to go into iOS 11. <laughs> yeah, it's been surprising the the lack of information that, that's been out there for iOS 11 features. Because Apple builds that all in Cupertino. There's not the part leaks in China or anywhere along the supply chain. It's right. a completely different chain of information. But but even like sometimes we'll see things where people find early hooks that are in even the the previous version betas, and yeah. but none of that seems to have leaked out this time. So that should make it that much more interesting when we have like ten hours to sit through to go over everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so. There are also some new apps that you can actually use now. And one interesting one this week is the Canterville Ghost by Oscar Wilde. It's been turned into another of in the iClassic series, which has the classic story and text, and it accents it with all kinds of interactive features. The page essentially comes to life with animations tied to the text on the page, as well as soundtrack plus sound effects to really immerse you in the story. Yeah, these I love these iClassics. They do such a good job. And some of these stories I've read, at like maybe as a kid in, in school, and it's been a long time since I've read them. And you tend not to want to go back. And some people do. They like to go back and read these classics. Other people are like, eh, I'd rather read more modern new stuff. But these iClassics that they put together makes these stories feel brand new. And they give this whole element to them of like a multimedia element that really brings the story to life and they just do a fantastic job they they've done like the ipo series they did legend of sleepy hollow i believe that came out last year that was really beautiful and then there's also sherlock holmes and a whole bunch of others that they do and this one takes the the classic canterville ghost tale which i believe might have been oscar wilde's first published story and it's about a, a basically a family moves into this haunted uh castle and there's like a ghost and and all kinds of interesting things and it's a just a really well obviously well written if it's a classic but just well produced version of the story that is definitely worth checking out it's a whole different idea when you open a book and it's just text you know on a single page and this one you open a page or you flip to a new page and there's like a artwork or animation to break up the text and so that classic text is there but it seems it's more accessible and just better ways to read in those little small chunks as compared to just text blocks right yeah and even on the pages where there might not be necessarily graphics they do fun stuff with the typography where they'll make certain words bigger or almost make them look like they're ghost-like and they just do a really nice job of laying everything out that obviously they take a lot of time and effort to to craft each single page of the story and you're going to be going through and it's i think this one has uh, 70 animations and 82 illustrations and a whole bunch of sound effects and i think there's 70 minutes of soundtrack music in there so there is so much to like play with your senses while you're just reading through the the text of the, it doesn't read the story to you you have to read it but it's still it's just an amazing experience 
Yep, and that's the Canterville Ghost Oscar Wilde Immersive Stories by iClassics. It's two ninety nine and it's universal. And that means it's time for some super new games. And the first one is Injustice Two. It coincides with the release on consoles, though this isn't the full console game. It has quite a bit of a connection to it. And if you're familiar with the first one, it's three on three, you know, side scrolling combat with DC superheroes. So you can have Batman versus Superman actually where you're playing and it comes down to various taps and swipes to perform combat maneuvers. The sequel maintains that three on three combat and it has a very similar kind of roster of characters from the DC universe, but it really expands upon it by amping up the number of modes and the depth of the game mode. So you have the core kind of campaign where you have a series of five battles to go through followed by a boss battle. And then as you play through that, you'll unlock the other modes, including a story mode, which that's the part that really ties into the console version as there's some cinematic cutscenes direct from the console version. And then it's broken up as you have a combat sequence where you're just one-on-one with Batman going against the different other heroes and villains from the DC universe. And then there's also an online-based arena mode. So there's a whole bunch to play through in Injustice 2. Yeah, so the original one, uh, the original mobile version came out just a little over four years ago. It came out in April of 2013. And so you could tell they've used this time to really try to expand the experience on mobile because when originally the mobile experience was pretty lame and it had uh, i don't know especially when you compared it to the console version it was just as really watered down obviously trying to use iap to earn money and it just it was just a very poor experience and it's good to see that they taken these four years since then to really try to improve the experience for mobile gamers and come up with these new modes and obviously improve the graphic fidelity over the original and just try and uh, just make a better experience. That being said, some of it just, it does feel a bit samey to the, to the previous one. I mean, it's, there's only so much you can do to really change it up in a, in a game, which basically comes down to button mashing or in this case, swiping and tapping. And so I think fans of the original are definitely going to love this one, but if you weren't necessarily a fan of the the original version, I think you'll find some things improved that maybe it'll be enough to pull you in. But again, it's a lot. It's pretty similar to the original. Yeah, I mean, there is only so much you can do. And the entire time you're playing, you kind of just wish there was more strategy involved to performing these attacks when you're playing as Batman or Harley Quinn or Wonder Woman or Superman, you want to do something different, more complex, but you're really limited because it seems like... So you can tap, essentially, the screen to do a basic attack, and as you build up a combo, they'll perform different animation and more powerful attacks. And then you have these special that specials that recharge over time and as you pull off moves... And those kind of change it up. And then you can swipe up to do a jump attack or swipe down to do a kind of tackle attack. And it seems like I swiped up or swiped down just to change things up. Or you can also swipe backwards to jump backwards and then you can tap for a projectile attack. And you seem to do these just, like I said, to change things up to do a little more variety. Wait for those specials to come up and then activate those as quick as you can. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> it's just, and then obviously if the guy's getting close to you, you're going to swipe to go back and then uh, just end up trying to shoot your projectile as many times as you can before they race forward. But, I mean, there are a couple of things they do to change it up on you. So they have these things called modifiers, which will start getting activated as you continue through and start doing other battles. And those are kind of nice because one of them in particular that I've hit is they will automatically do the tag team. Normally you can tag team anytime you want uh, and bring in people whenever this modifier happens to randomize the tag team. So you could be in the middle of a fight and all of a sudden it's going to swap in someone else for you. And so then you have to immediately react. So maybe you were going to pull off some close combat special move of Batman's, but now all of a sudden they fling in Harley Quinn and you, you, you don't have that available to you. So uh, it it's, makes it kind of interesting that it, that throws you off your game. So you do have to respond. And while it could be kind of annoying that you're put into a situation where now you're vulnerable, at least it swaps up the gameplay a bit that you now have to do something other than just wrote, swipe up, swipe down, back, shoot, just over and over and over again. So at least it does do some kind of variation of some things. And then there's that ultimate big uh, special that you gain. Once you fill your entire special meter, you can pull off this huge move that essentially almost KOs them completely. And there's some really deluxe animations that go with those. See, I had trouble getting that thing to fill. Most of the time, I finished the battle well before that even got filled. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing wrong to fill it. But usually I just end up just kicking and punching and punching. And all of a sudden, the last person's dead and the game and the match is over. And I never even got to use that super special. You got to get further into the game. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, one other neat thing is pretty much just the quality of those cinematic cutscenes in the story mode. Because it's direct from the console and it just looks outstanding. You can kind of sit back and you're almost watching a movie as they're detailing this story and what sets up why these different DC characters are fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. The, those cutscenes are beautiful. The one thing I did notice, I don't know if you had any problems, is sometimes the game felt, not necessarily the cutscenes, but actual during combat, it felt like it got sluggish at points where I would swipe and then it would almost be just a a hair of, of a delay between my swipe and them actually performing the action. And I don't know if it, I had nothing else running. I even tried closing everything down, but it, it would happen enough that I noticed it and that it seemed to be an issue, but I don't know if it's just happening on my iPad Pro or what. The only thing I noticed was it sometimes it seemed like they got it in before I did, and I just assumed that's what... Like, I would swipe, I'm expecting the attack, and then all of a sudden they're knocking me back. So, you know, you can't see them doing the action, so you just have to expect or assume that they did. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the game is free to play like the original, and there's a whole IEP structure. You can buy special limited bundles tied to certain characters for some hefty price. Like the, when I first launched the game, money. it was like 50 <laughs> bucks for Suicide Squad Harley Quinn <laughs> plus yeah, some credits or whatever. 50, yeah, there was fifty bucks, $45 for like a Batman versus Superman special pack yeah. or something. And then there's like gems and coins and green element whatever that was three different currencies to 
potentially get. But then also there's an energy meter. And at first glance, I'm like, great, an energy meter. But I've played quite <laughs> a bit of the game and it doesn't ever seem to come into play. In fact, I played it one night. I came in the next day and my max energy was like 61 and it showed 91 out of 61. So it somehow gave me a boost past my limit. Which is pretty yeah, neat. Even at six energy a match, you it seems to never run out. I don't know what you have. I don't know how quickly it's refilling itself, but I haven't had a problem at all either. I, I assume it's going to get more expensive later on in the game. But even at, like I thought six was pretty high, figuring you only get about ten matches in before you empty it out. But you can definitely do way more than that in a sitting. Yep, and so that's Injustice Two. It's free. It's universal. And that means it's time for Crash Club, which comes from Half Brick. It's their late, or no, it comes from Pretty Great. They used to work at Half Brick, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it follows up Landsliders plus Slide the Shakes. And so Crash Club is an online kind of .io inspired game that gives you 32 player matches. And your goal is to essentially cause as much damage as possible. You drive your car around and all you have to do is drag your finger across the screen to control the steering wheel and you just smash into things, and then when you come across someone else, you want to try to take them out. So you have various weapons that you can get by stopping in these like little pit stop areas, and then you use tokens that you find from things that you crash, and then you can have a rocket launcher or an electrical zapper or just a regular pea shooter, and then you're going to tap on any enemy that you come across to try to destroy him, and that's also going to amp up your score. So in the top left corner, you see where you're currently ranked at, so you might have, you know, you're in 17th place or whatever. And then everything that you destroy plus enemies that you demolish all go contribute to piling up your score and trying to rank up that leaderboard live within a current match. Yeah, so one thing about the name of the game, I'm a little disappointed it did not have Slide in the title because <laughs> we had Slide the Shakes and Landsliders. Why did we not have Slide in here? They could have done something with Slide, but... Beyond that, it is just this game is just fun just to smash up everything. You're just you're basically just going around crashing into anything and everything you can, and everything you take out, you'll see those points just start flying off the screen, and you'll see your counter going up and up and up, and with these massive uh, thirty, uh, what is it, thirty two players. Yeah. You can you'll start to see your your rank go up and you'll start really low. Like you'll pop into a match and there'll be people in the hundreds. and You're like, I'm never going to catch up to them. But then you just start smashing everything and anything and you'll see your score climbing and climbing and climbing. And then you get these little tokens as you're smashing things. And those are what you use in the little pit stops to then purchase either shields or other advantages or different types of weapons. And you have a limited number of bullets with these, these certain weapons. So you'll have to find another little pit stop to, and you can also go in there to repair yourself, but you'll find these little pit stops and you see arrows on the screen all the time. So there's little uh, signage, 
these little signs pop up that show you where the pit stops are. But then you have these little arrows that point to where the other enemies are. So you, if you don't have no weapon, you're not going to want to go near anyone. You're going to want to try to avoid people until you can find a, a little stop where you can get a weapon. So it, those are helpful in not only finding people if you want to attack them, but then also just finding a pathway so that you're safe and avoid anything while you're trying to rack up points and get to a place where you can get a weapon. Yeah, the the city is pretty compact, so there's always kind of enemies around you, but there's still pathways to maneuver through in case you're in a tight squeeze. And if you swipe up on the screen, you can use a turbo to kind of help you get away if you don't have the right angle of where enemies shooting upon you. But the main idea is just destroy stuff, and that's just pure kind of fun, smashing through stuff in the town, and then find those pit stops to equip your car with anything possible so you can actually defend and attack yourself, because there's also a shield, and then you have to decide and kind of balance the proper use of those tokens so your car is always properly equipped, and then there's a whole car unlocking system, car upgrade system, as you would expect. Right. And then they also have this whole VIP subscription service, which I thought was kind of odd. But basically, you can sign up and pay, I, think, I believe it's $5.99 a month. And then this thing gives you discounts on equipment when you're buying it. And then I forget what else it gives you. I think it gives you like stuff that doesn't actually give you any kind of advantage. So it's just like flair to put on your cars. But the one piece that was kind of frustrating is that it does do that discount on new cars and better cars and things. So in a way people could pay to, to win the game, basically to have the better equipment just because it would allow them to, to get it faster than someone who's not willing to pay. So that kind of annoyed me a little bit, but then again, you're not going to know any of these people when you hop into these matches and it's easy enough to just, die and then hop right into another one it's only going to become a problem if you start having these people that have super jacked cars taking over the matches and then you can never even have a chance of surviving just because they'll take you out over and over and over again yeah and the game doesn't specifically balance you to like kind of car people but I think they did that to emphasize, you know, constant connectivity. Because no matter when I wanted to start a game, it seemed like there was a full match of 32 people ready to go. And so they emphasized kind of that quick connectivity and always-on connectivity in favor of trying to balance out the matchmaking. Right, yeah, yeah, I did appreciate that. Because the worst thing you can have, especially in something like this, is popping into a match and there's like no one around what are you gonna do just drive around and smash stuff the the big part of the fun is trying to take out other people so it's i i see where they did the trade-off and i'm fine with that if that means they're always going to have people to play with when you pop in yep and so that's crash club it's free it's universal and so up next is Super Artificial Intelligence. It's the first game from the makers of Carrot. They have Carrot to do, Carrot Weather, and Carrot Weight Loss, or whatever that third one's called. <laughs> and it's uh, essentially, you know, that smart kind of voice assistant, but made into a humorous fashion to kind of inspire you to do these things or inform you about whatever these apps have been. So now they've tried a game, and the game idea is that you're building Carrot up from you know a basic computer program into that super artificial intelligence that manages the entire lives of every human on the planet 
And they set it up in such a way where you have this balance of four different factors. It's almost just like Reigns. Hopefully you've played that game. But instead of like a kingdom back where you're a king worrying about medieval times, you are actually worrying about your future. So you need to care about your investors, your employees, as well as the internet and the government. And every decision you make, you have a slider. You can choose the left side or the right side, and you have a different kind of quote that you read off, and that's going to help to pick your choice. And then there's little red marks to show you how it impacts you know, those four factors with each choice that you make. And you try to keep building up your computer, and then there's going to be a time where one of these things either goes to the max or goes to the bottom, and that is going to be game over, but they've set it up so it's a multiverse. And so when you lose in one, you'll transition to another. You might have a different starting point where your world is filled with viruses and everybody's going to die. Or you're in a world where carrot is really primitive. Or you go to a world where carrot is super advanced already and you need to deal with those consequences. So you have a different scenario every time you play, but it's built on that base idea where you just slide left or right to progress forward. Right, and the key is those four factors. You can see how it, which ones it's going to affect, but you don't know necessarily if it's going to be a negative effect or a positive effect. It just shows you a little light saying this is going to affect this particular thing. So you have to kind of read these choices and decide, and do you want to maybe do something that brings down one of these to prolong the story, or do you want to uh, try move one up faster and faster to reach one of the possible endings and then see what happens and then move on to the next multiverse? So it's kind of almost a game within a game because you're deciding of when you want to try to drive the story to a conclusion or not. And but you still don't necessarily know what's going to happen. And it's just they do a really nice job of kind of with references to like pop culture, references to to all kinds of things. But it's like from the computer's point of view and from like a multiverse point of view. So things aren't quite what they would be in our world. Like there's one that where they joke around with the, the Berenstain bears and the spelling of the Berenstain bears. But in, in this thing, it's like the skunkington skunks or, or something yep. like that. And, <laughs> and so it's, it's just fun little twists on stuff that everyone's familiar with and you'll get you'll chuckle as you're going through this and it just it makes you want to continue and see what crazy thing you're going to hit next or what weird thing carrot's going to do next or how they're going to apply the technology next in this other multiverse and what it's going to be used for and so it's just fun to cycle through and just keep going from world to world and and see what crazy storyline is is revealed and there are a ton of different storylines. I don't know how many count on that storyline. And then there's also a bunch of different, essentially, cards that you're given at the top. So it doesn't seem like there's much repeat in the things that you face and have to decide on. Yeah, I did. Actually, I early on, I did have some like re almost repetitive but then they even joke about it where they say wow this is like this feels like deja vu doesn't it and then and so then you can actually decide if you wanted to continue with that or move on to something else because it gave you a choice and like no i don't want to do it no it's it's fine i like that or or something i forget what the exact wording was but it seemed like if i had chosen the other one i would have gone to a different 
place and tried something else. The story ended up very different. I still ended up with the same exact ending, but the path to get there was much different. Yep, and that's super artificial intelligence. They've really carried the makers of Carrot done a good job. I mean, like I said, it's a lot like Reigns, a lot like Reigns, but <laughs> that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's a compelling kind of setup where you're only given essentially two choices, but it can create a lot of strategic decision making as you progress forward through various timelines. And they've just uh, taken that theme and applied it to kind of this future idea. So it's a yeah. different setting. Yeah, it has its own very different personality. So, I mean, you could have a similar game, but the the personality of this game is so different from Rain that uh, you don't have to worry about it. Like, you, you could definitely want to play both. Yeah, and they spent a lot of time making all these different multiverses and storylines to play through. Super Artificial Intelligence, it's two ninety nine. it's Universal. And finally, for wrapping up the week, is Super Blackjack Battle 2 Turbo Edition. It's quite a mouthful, and... Even though it's such a long name, it's a relatively straightforward game. It's Blackjack, but they've turned it into kind of like a Street Fighter-style combat game. So there's not any fighting involved, but each round in the Blackjack tournament, it starts with fight. So it has that kind of classic setup, but you're just playing a game of Blackjack. There's no special cards. There's no special abilities. You're dealt the cards, and then you can decide if you want to hit or stay and you also determine how much you want to wager. And the ultimate goal is that you're playing 10 rounds against computer opponents, and you want to have more chips than they do when the 10 rounds are over, or possibly they lose all their chips before all 10 rounds are done. And that's essentially what each fight comes down to. Having the most chips or surviving with the most chips for as long as possible in this 10-round battle setup. Right, and the the big draw about the game is it's set up in to look very much like a Street Fighter game. It's got that same like sixteen bit art. It's got a variety of characters. Each of them have their own home country, and then they have their own uh, casino that goes along with that. And so you get this very like nostalgic feel. But again, you're not fighting. You're actually just playing blackjack and. Uh, then you play through. There are uh, several different modes, so you can play through a single-player combat mode where you're just one, uh, one against uh, another player. You choose which of the characters you want to be, and you play against one of the other characters. Or you can do just like a simple blackjack where you're just playing hands of blackjack. Or you can go online and do like a try to compete up against th possibly three other people as long as there's other people online at the time you're playing. Or you play through like this championship mode where you have a single you start you choose which starting character you want and you're basically trying to cycle through and beat all of the other characters. And you play you go to their thing uh, to their particular casino and play through the the rounds to try to beat them the biggest issue is because it's blackjack it is a lot of luck so yeah there is some strategy with regards to betting but again if the cards aren't with you the cards aren't with you and you're going to lose and so there's not a lot of strategy involved as like if this were like a poker game instead you could do a lot more where this is going to be just blackjack that you're playing through, but with really fun 
art and characters to go along with it. I mean, there is during that world championship, there is like a story that kind of goes along and each of those characters has their own like unique dialogue and, and set up for those. And if they lose, they say one thing or if they, or if they win, they say something. So there is, they did a lot of time. They put a lot of effort into building out the characters and kind of creating this fun little world. But in the end, it's, it's a blackjack game. Yeah. It gives some more spice to playing blackjack it's kind of like uh, that poker game by Telltale where it's just Texas Hold'em, yes. but they introduce characters to it. What's it called? Um, poker uh, Night I can't 2? Think of, poker Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poker Night. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's similar to that, but poker at least has more strategy involved than Blackjack. So that's kind of one problem. And then, like you said, the betting is kind of the main strategy idea because Say you wager like 150 and your opponent is wagering 500 each time. You might lose, but you're losing less. They win once and then they lose and they're actually below you. You know, if you both win or you both... So it balances out really quick because these have these really hefty bids. So it, I won the whole world championship like the second time out that I played without losing to anyone just by focusing on 150 unless I got really far behind. But it seems like the deal of the cards always had them falling back down because they were wagering so much. Right, yeah, you could kind of almost wait them out. The one thing I think they could do to improve the game and make it beyond just like simple blackjack is because this is kind of like a street fighter thing these characters should have signature moves or so i'm thinking they should add like variable player powers to each one of these characters so like you have one of the characters and maybe his superpower is that he can get a blackjack if a 10 and a 2 come out instead of just a 10 and an ace so now that horrible 12 which is going to bust most people because they're going to hit on it uh, this is like a lucky hand for this one character. Or maybe you have a character that he can get like a five or seven card Charlie advantage. So if he can draw up to five cards or seven cards, then he'll win the hand instantly no matter what. Or maybe you have a, a, a player that can swap cards with another uh, another of his opponents. So he can take his face-up card and swap it with any opponent before the hand starts. Just something that would switch up the gameplay and make you want to play certain characters beyond just how they look. And maybe you have a way that they have to win X number of hands in order to activate this power, this special ability. In that case, that would further your strategy with the betting because now you'd want to bet low to make sure you're staying in the match up until the point where you can then trigger your awesome ability that might help you win even further. Maybe you go all in or bet higher on that one big uh, special move uh, hand of cards. But I I think that it's kind of a missed opportunity where they could have done a little bit more with it. I I like the art. I like the characters, but it just, that one little piece seems to be missing to me. something that makes the characters really unique and makes you want to try playing different characters and just add something more than just basic blackjack, which has no strategy. It's all luck. That sounds like a better game. I would love the idea of having the characters have special abilities tied to cards. And then, like you said, it would give you incentive to replay as different characters and then change what you're going to do based on who you're facing. Because right now when you're traveling across the world, it just changes the backdrop. It doesn't change any ways to play blackjack. 
Right, exactly. And and I think it would just add a lot more replayability to the game versus uh, just playing straight blackjack. Plus, the other point is this is a paid game, and your online play is obviously going to be limited by the lack of opponents because if it was a free game, you'd have lots of people playing, lots of people online. Now you're kind of instantly dividing that number of people that you might possibly be able to play online because you have that paywall that you have to pay to get the game. So you're limited in finding players. We, I could never find a player until Trevor and I joined at the same time on purpose so that we could try competing against each other then it worked beautifully we came in like it connected us and we were ready to play against each other but finding a random opponent at any time that i wanted to display was very tough yep and so that's super blackjack battle 2 turbo edition it's 2.99 it's universal and i think that's everything for episode 19 yeah that's all i got brett thanks for joining me and to everyone listening we hope you enjoyed and we'll talk to you next time talk to you later